Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And we have a great topic today. As you know, most likely, anal sex is a super fraught topic. Despite it becoming increasingly mainstream, 43% of men and 37% of women have it, there are still stigmas, unrealistic standards, and egregiously false assumptions surrounding the topic of anal sex. So that's where our guest today comes in, Alicia Sinclair. She is a certified sex educator and has actually spent years studying all kinds of sex stuff and especially anal sex. She realized that there were tons of rarely discussed opportunities for all people with pleasure via anal play. And when she, in order to put her findings into practice, Alicia founded B-Vibe, which is also known as the apple of anal, if you will, which is a sex toy company that's inspired by tech and is really aimed at creating tech-forward, heavily researched anal products that address new physical sensations. So we're going to talk about butt stuff. Yeah! <laughs> Alicia, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I actually have a few of your uh, B-Vibe butt plugs, and oh, yeah. I think that they are amazing. I think I bought my first one at the Sexual Health Expo um, this past year in L.A. Oh, were you there? I yes, was. Did I buy were. it from you? You may have. It's not very possible. It's an awesome purple one, and um, she is wonderful. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. The trio plug. Yes. Amazing. Um, so let's just start off right away. People are, like, scared of butt stuff. Why? Um, I think there's a lot of different reasons. Um, but first of all, I think especially if you think about women specifically, um, most of it, you know, the kind of common narrative— is that anal sex is something that women do for men um, or to please men mm -hmm. and that they don't receive any pleasure out of it. Um, so a lot of times when we talk about anal sex, especially in sort of the heteronormative com uh, context, most of the time it's women thinking about doing something that's going to, you know, be especially pleasing, be, be painful, not pleasurable. Mm. And doing it for their partner, not for themselves. Yeah, I think there is this fear. And I mean, yes, it you know, sometimes it can be painful for some folks, but I think there is this myth that it has to be something that is painful or will hurt. Um, and that's not necessarily the case if you can prepare and practice it as properly as possible. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we'd say 90% of great anal sex is preparation. Hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of that is knowing, you know, not to go from zero to penis, uh, using the right lubricant, um, you know, sort of gradually working your way up instead of just putting in a large object. So yeah, there's all this preparation mm -hmm. that should be done. And a lot of the, the problem is that the information isn't readily available. It's hard to find. And so lots of folks, um, you know, attempt it and it's, it is a painful experience and that has a, now a negative connotation. Exactly. Exactly. Because when you just said like zero to penis, like that just like zero to penis. brought me a flashback <laughs> to, to high school. <laughs> When I was like, let's yeah. do this. And Just we're put like, it in. And we're like, what, 16 or 17? <laughs> and like, it wasn't that enjoyable. And the next day I felt like if I wasn't clenching my sphincter, my intestines would fall out of my butthole. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why do people do why this? Why do people do this? Like, because I want, right. I'm, I, I think sex is like food and I think you should try everything, even things you think you might not like. But like, I was like, oh my God. So when you're educating about anal sex, what are some of the top tips that you tell people in order to prepare for the best anal pleasure experience? <laughs> well, the first thing um, is kind of going back to what I said earlier. It's get your brain on board. 
Mm. You know, really educate yourself and understand um, and also be patient with your body. You know, there's uh, a disconnect, right? If you think about the, I'll just go with a kind of, I'll speak to myself. So my own experience with discovering, um, say like my, what feels good for my body was a process of touching and feeling um, my own genitals, right? Um, slowly throughout time when I was a child, maybe playing, maybe you um, touch different parts of your body mm-hmm. or you rubbed on different things. And you did this through a very slow, gradual process, right? Through your own solo masturbation experience. And then later you brought in a partner. It, you didn't go like, so the, the butt experience is opposite, right? Oh. Now you're having this experience with somebody and boom, right away, you're putting something in it. And if that was the same experience you had with your vagina and your vulva, um, you might also have a very negative experience with that. So yeah, instead that's a really of, good point. Right. Folks kind of like, like I always say, treat your backside like your front side. Um, and take the time to discover it and go through this sort of, okay, put a finger in. What did that feel like? Did I like that? Mm-hmm. Um, by on your own. And then you sort of discover. And so I think a lot of it is preparation, education, and then also some self-discovery mm-hmm. before you launch into a partnered experience. So well, there was this big, you know, fiasco, I think around, I don't know if you read the Teen Vogue article about anal sex. Yes. And there yeah, were, you know, moms who were burning it and like saying it was awful. But what the I think, fuck? yeah, it was like, did you didn't see it? Someone? I feel like I heard about this. I just like blocked it out. Yeah, it was just so, you know, <laughs> negative of like, why are we putting this out there? This is like, this audience is too young. But like you're saying, it's, a, you know, if you're planning on maybe doing it sometime with another person, it's so important to start exploring it on your own and see what feels comfortable and what you're mentally and physically ready for. Right. And also understanding, um, you know, both in the dynamic of whether you have a vagina or whether you have a penis, right? What areas of the body, like, like why does anal play feel good? And I feel like that's something that I'm constantly educating about. Why does, why it, does it feel, feel good? good? Why? Because I don't have a prostate, right? Right. You don't have a prostate, but, you know, the vaginal canal and the anal canal are literally next door neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if you think about, so in one way, the, you know, penetration through the anal canal Um, does a couple different things. It can point towards the G-spot and towards the A-spot, which is is a little deeper, a little further back than than the G-spot, still along the top vaginal wall. So you have this ability to hit those erogenous zones that are inside the vaginal canal. And some people would argue that it's hitting the legs or certain areas of the clitoris. Exactly. That beautiful wishbone thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you have all this pleasure potential inside the body and really depending because everybody's anatomy is so unique, really depending on where your clitoris rests inside, you know, where those mm. legs rest inside, you have this amazing potential for, for pleasure inside the anal. And also, you know, no one really talks about it, and this is something that, that we've done a lot of um, product research um, specifically, is the, the entry to the bum, the anal sphincter, and whether... That's the um, toughest part, I feel. It is the toughest part. It's super sensitive, and it is. And, and if you're it's a not re- relaxed, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why your people are called a tight ass. These things have, you know, like <laughs> actual, <laughs> actual reasons, right? Because, sorry, not to launch into too much like educational nerdy oh, stuff. Oh no, called sluts and scholars. Yeah, let your so, scholars shine right out of good. your asshole. <laughs> yeah. So the anal sphincter is. Um, it has. Well, the the anal. The whole anal system in general. You have two muscular systems. Mm-hmm. Yes, I you learned have- this today because I downloaded your handy-dandy uh, guide to anal play from your website. Oh, nice. And I learned about smooth muscle and skeletal muscle. Yeah. And Boom. how it's connected to the digestive system. Yeah. So that's kind of part of 
why being relaxed is a big part of it. And does do do poppers make that smooth muscle relaxed also, or both muscles? That, that is, um, I think it's both muscles, and I think that that's like an overall relaxation of awesome. so the for, general body. For yeah. listeners out there who don't know, poppers were originally used as, um, I think, a way to clean like vinyl vinyl records. Um, yeah. And now some folks use them recreationally, um, or they have been for a while, um, as like an inhalant. Um, oh, yeah, in and it's supposed to relax your muscles. Um, not saying and not having no judgment about poppers in general. Um, I don't know how you feel about this, Alicia, but I try to tell folks to stay away from things that that numb um, or relax the muscles without you maybe getting to that place on your mm. own because then you're not really able to see like how much is okay for you and you can't really tell. And so there's like, you know, more chance of tearing and wouldn't it be nice yeah. if you could just get there on your own and feel relaxed and comfortable yeah. without the addition of something something else. Yeah, I think that's, and I like, I always say, especially if you're using something like anal ease, like you may indeed numb pain, but you're also possibly numbing pleasure. So, it, mm. you know, yeah, you kind of want to be aware of that. What do you think is like the biggest rookie mistake people do when they're uh, like relaxation? Side, let's say like you're relaxed. So are you saying that if you're relaxed and you're ready to go and you're trusting and all of that, it's probably going to be fine? Or is there like a big thing that you shouldn't do? Uh, I think lubricant is mm. really important. I think really understanding lubricant. Each experience is different. Um, you know, just a kind of like health safety call out, you know, um, especially if you're the receiver of anal sex, um, it's really important to um, be having safe sex. Like that's really important. So I just want to call that out but and make sure that you're protecting yourself. But I think aside from that protection dynamic, uh, lubricant is really the most important thing. And I think that, um, you know, it's really, you know, a lot of times people talk about how it hurts or it doesn't feel good or has a stinging sensation. And that just goes back to not not using lubricant or not using enough of it. Yeah, right. And unlike for listeners out there who don't know, unlike the vagina, which is often a self-lubricating mechanism, the anus does not do that. And so lube is your best friend. Yeah. Yes, And literally. it's not just like a spitting yeah. on the hand. I think part of the problem with when I had tried anal sex for the first time in high school was that like we didn't. I don't even think we used lube. Maybe just like a little spit because like that's what they did in Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm I talking about I take all though. my sex he tips from Brokeback Mountain. He just spits in his hand. I mean, that movie is fucking hot. That's like one of the only it movies that I've seen multiple high. times in hot. theaters. <laughs> I saw that movie twice in theaters. But it's hotter when it doesn't hurt and you have lots of lube. But they were just like fine with like a handful of spit. And I was like, okay. <laughs> anyway. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, and another safety thing that I think maybe we take for granted is, um, you know, putting things in your butt that don't have a larger base um, to make sure that it doesn't get lost in there. Right. Make sure it has a lot. Yeah. And also don't do butt, butt to puss. Right? Yeah, that's important. That was a so main thing. No, no double dipping. That's really important. Um, you can't put something in the butt and then put it in the vagina. But you can do vi the yeah. reverse, right? But you can do the reverse. Yeah. So like I think, like I always say, I use the kind of analogy is like, it's kind of like wiping, right? You never, you can yes. go front to back. You can't go back to front. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think that I, that's great. So what we meant about the like larger base, and I don't know if you've, anyone out there has heard any of these horror stories about like people going to the ER because there's like a light bulb or a Steve hamster. Steve from Jackass had a Hot Wheels car in there. A Hot Wheels car, a hamster yeah. in someone's butt, like all jokes aside. A hamster? Yeah. That's like, isn't that like a classic... I think it was from That's Mallrats. Celebrity. Yeah, something. I think I've heard this before. Or is it, is it Harrison Ford? Distance. 
I don't know. There was some actor, there's some alleged hamster in a butt. I'm not sure. But the main point of that is to make sure that whatever you're putting in there has a larger base or is attached to something. So because otherwise it can get sucked up in there and there, I mean, there is an end eventually, but you have to go to the doctor to get it taken out. Whereas in something like the vagina, the cervix stops anything from going further and you can easily retrieve it. Yeah. So in butt stuff, we say without a base, without a trace. Oh, leave no trace. That's so scary. That's so great. I love Very that. Scary. So, okay, speaking of, so now we're kind of going into like more like sex toys, talking about the bases and stuff and not so much just like feeling like what a finger is like in your butthole or a dick or whatever. So I want to know how you looked at the market for anal sex toys and then we're like, mm, not, not sufficient. And then how did you decide to like focus on that? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, so I've been in, this is my 15th year in the pleasure products industry. Wow, congrats. And I like that pleasure products yeah. industry. Woo. Pleasure products industry. Um, so I've been selling marketing, um, working in this realm for a long time. And I had worked um, previous to launching B-Vibe. I'd worked for another premium brand. And during my time there, I kept saying, you know, this is maybe four years ago. I had said, I think we should really make butt stuff. You know, no one does it. There's really a lack of like quality products that are innovative. What's usually kind of lacking? Um, most products function in the exact same way. You uh, yield standard butt plug. Right. It's like one kind of similarly shaped, typically medium size plug. And it has maybe five or six vibration patterns and like three or four levels of intensity. And like, that's it. There's nothing much more to it. That's um, it? That seems like so much to me. <laughs> I'm so curious what more there is. I did see the one with the rotating beads. That looked cool. Yeah. So basically what the goal was is to sort of make, um, you know, different products that met different, um, you know, different user types. So, for example, like our, there was no small vibrating butt plugs that were on the market. Yeah. Um, so we created the novice plug. And that is an easy to insert plug that has 15 vibration patterns and it's also remote control and it has a really small base and it's comfortable to wear for a long time um, and it can be used up to 30 feet away. So from a functionality standpoint, we've upgraded it so that you don't have to click your butt to change your functions. Unless you want to. Right. Just, yeah, exactly. Unless that's your thing and you can do that too. Um, or you lose your remote. Um and you haven't bought a new one yet, but there's that. And then also the ability for it to be a couple's play item, the ability for them mm. to be used in public. Um, and then also packaging them in a really nice travel case. Wait, hold on. And sorry. You just said be used in public. Um, can you yes. elaborate? <laughs> you mean like walking yes. around with like a butt plug in or do you mean like something more elaborate? You can, well, I mean, I would say the kind of common, we have a whole article on in the expert advice section that's, I think it's five kinky ways to use. Uh, remote control butt plugs, which is actually written by Lola. Uh, Yay, shout out to Dirty Lola. She's amazing. Um, so she wrote that article. But it's um, kind of inspiring ways to use your plug long term. So rather than it just being a product that you use in the bedroom, um, we really want to inspire folks to understand that, you know, penetration isn't always the end goal. Sometimes you're just adding sensation. Yeah, or um, having a tease all day foreplay. Right, exactly. So like you can, you know, put in this plug, you could go to dinner with your partner, they could have the remote control, they could yep, be yep. changing functions, you could be out at a casino, you could be out at a nightclub. So it just brings this new way to experiment with with us. And it's also, by the way, vibration, right? It's relaxing those muscles, 
So if your goal is penetration, now you've had this whole you're amazing ready. erotic night, right? And you're relaxed and you're ready. I have I a logistical it. question from personal experience. Um, so when you have a butt plug in, and let's say you want to be having penetrative vaginal or another kind of sex at the same time, I sometimes have noticed that partners can find it difficult to keep the butt plug in while you're doing other things because of like maybe the movement or it's just easy to push it out. Interesting. Do you have any, have you heard that before? Do you have any tips for like maybe how to keep it in place? Tape. Yeah. <laughs> Duct tape. tape. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. So I think there's a couple of things that come up. The first thing is I want to make sure I talk about both of, both of them. So one is the shape of the plug and the two, the second is the position mm-hmm. that you're in. So the shape of the plug, if, if you've ever seen a butt plug that's straight up and down and just has a flared base, that's probably not going to stay in your body well. Mm-hmm. It's not a well-designed product. So you actually want to find something that has a teardrop shape and um, a little, like a bulge at the end and mm-hmm. a thin space where the anal sphincter can grip onto. Uh-huh. That's what's really going to help keep it. It's kind of fighting against, it's fighting against the, those two kind of muscular systems. So it's Got staying it. in and also the anal sphincter is relaxed and sitting on the smaller portion of the plug because that's going to be really key in making sure that it stays inside mm-hmm. the body. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is also, you know, kind of the basics of using the right size plug for your body. If you've been, you know, experimenting with a lot of penetrative sex or like that's your jam in general, putting something small in may be a challenge to keep it in. Mm. Um, unless you take a break, like there's, again, another thing like, you know, anal training isn't something you do once. Um, so if you take a break from anal play, you're, you're going to need to start at ground zero again and work your way back up. Cause it kind of, the muscles tighten up again. Exactly. Yeah. So it's also where you're at in sort of your experience, but I would say it's important to use the right size, use a good, use a well-shaped product. And then also positioning, mm-hmm. I would say positions where you put pillows under the butt. Like if you're in a traditional missionary style position, mm-hmm. Put a couple pillows in there. That'll help keep the the body um, elevated, so it's going to stay in a little ah. easier. Or something Fighting that's like gravity. a dog, doggy style position. Yeah, gravity. Mm. Didn't Dan Savage have this bitch. episode where he talks about how like he got his eye almost like injured because somebody like shushed, like swooshed out, out a, the butt plug at his eyeball. That's horrifying. I just have a question. I mean, pink eye is scary, but you know, like blinding by a butt plug sounds blinding terrifying. Blinding by yeah. butt plug. That's insane. Um, I just have a question, Alicia. Is um so male, biologically male people have a prostate, yeah. right? And typically biologically female people do not. So in, when, in designing your sex toys, are you taking into account like more female body, like female buttholes or like male buttholes or are they good for all buttholes? <laughs> um, so kind of Sorry to be so news. gendered. <laughs> like, yeah, no worries. No worries. Um, So the good news is that um, pretty much whether, regardless of your anatomy, you have the same potential to experience pleasure from anal play. It's just going to be a little different because Mm -hmm. the the positioning where everything is at is actually pretty similar as well. Now, the prostate is sort of the ruler of the butt stuff. um, That's because it, you know, stimulating the prostate can really only be achieved through the anal canal. Mm. Um, unlike something like, like our G spot or A spot, which we can clearly stimulate through, um, vaginal penetration. Lucky us. But yeah, lucky us. We win, we win, we win. Um, but you can, (laughs) um, but to answer your question, we, where we're at in the design of our products is to really own the fact of 
anal sex as a category and not prostate pleasure. And because I feel like a lot of companies have really specifically targeted their products as sexual health products and as prostate pleasure. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're, so we wanted to acknowledge, like we're focused on anal sex, like uh, on, you know, in, in experiencing pleasure through this, through this type of stimulation. Um, and we don't gear it specifically towards prostate pleasure. We do talk about which products are best for prostate stimulation, but they're really made for any gender. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, if you've bought one of the products you see on the back of the box, we've got partnered couples, and we have heterosexual couples. Yeah. Like we, we, yeah. we, and we throw everything together because it was because everyone of, has a butthole. So every, thank you. that's sort of my tagline. I'm like, well, well hey, not not everyone has a butthole. Some people don't have but, buttholes. Um, most people have a lot of people have buttholes. No. But how, so I know there's like a sex positive kind of section on your website. How do you use, um, yeah, your marketing strategy or what you put out there to really, I don't know, not gender it and keep it sex positive. We try our best to, like, the guide to anal play that you talked about earlier. It's um, super helpful and informative. Yeah, yeah, so I say that's the cliff notes to butt stuff. So if you want to have a pleasurable experience, um, regardless of uh, your gender, you can read through that. You'll notice it's non-gendered. There's no mm -hmm. specific call out to anything other than body parts. Um, so with that, that's that was kind of the first, that's in all of our products it's included as a freebie. So if you bought the trio, uh, if you bought the trio plug or you bought the novice plug or any of the products, it's actually included in there as a printed manual. Oh, uh, yeah, that's so awesome. That's actually, that's actually in there. Yeah, because we want people to listen, like we talked about earlier. If you have a negative experience, the chances are you're probably not going to enjoy it and you're not going to want to do it again. Yeah. But if you have a great experience and you discover something new and this becomes this type of sexual experience, becomes part of your, I don't know, larger, you know, options. And then you might be more, you know, interested in experimenting with different, like maybe you buy a novice plug, maybe you'll buy yeah. a snug plug. 100%. Maybe. Education yeah, is so, so important. We had Jessica Drake on. Um, at, we interviewed her a couple months ago, and she gave us some of her Guide to Wicked Sex DVDs. And I yeah. watched the anal one, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this. I think I can do this. <laughs> and then, yeah. like, two days later, I, like, reached out to a partner, and I was like, I want to do butt sex today. <laughs> and we did, and it was, like, fucking transformational, and it was just great. Well, I think that's just a lesson for listeners out there that, like, you know, Simone was talking about maybe having a negative experience, and I'm sure there's lots of folks who, if they weren't educated about some of these steps, have had a negative experience. But yeah. should you choose to try it again— like, don't be afraid. You can absolutely find a way to do it in a more pleasurable, better prepared way. Yeah. And so to sort of like actually answer the question you asked earlier, <laughs> we, use the, we use the expert advice section as a way for folks to browse and learn everything from, you know, they're, they're all question based. So does it hurt? Um, will I get dirty? Um, this is a one that I get asked on a really regular basis. Heterosexual couple, woman will say, my boyfriend, my partner, my husband likes it. Is he gay? Um, so we address those kind of questions in there. Questions the like, is, I like anal no. play, am I a slut? Yeah, the answer is no, by the way. Um, but yeah, so we use that to help people alleviate their concerns, help destigmatize, and offer right all of this amazing education so that you can empower your experience. There definitely is a kind of not necessarily stigma, but societal determination when you, like, find out that it, you don't expect women or girls or whatever to, like, genuinely enjoy anal play. And I think when you yeah. hear of a woman who's like, fuck yeah, I'm so into it, you're like, whoa, like, like what is, how? who are you? Right. <laughs> Especially, I think, when you're when you're younger, 
And you, and like, and some people have positive anal sex experiences when they're much younger and like are telling their friends about it. You're like, I think you also kind of get called a slut for that too. Oh yeah. I mean, you get called a slut for everything. Yes. We actually have an article. I like anal play. Am I a slut? The answer Um, is no. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you might be. (laughs) But you know what? You might also like that. And that might be part of why you enjoy anal sex. And Uh so we also call that out. Like that's also okay too. The taboo, the allure of the taboo could be part of it. And that's okay too. Yeah. So tell us about some of the toys that are out now. So right now we have um, four rechargeables, um, and we're getting ready to release our fifth. And how long do they usually last for when you charge them? Uh, We say on the box, 90 minutes of charge will give you 60 minutes of play. Our goal is always to exceed expectations. In my experience, um, kind of running, cycling through them, like running them and testing them, they run closer to two hours. And that's just like if you're using the vibrating feature. If you're not using the electronic component— Go, go can, all day. Could go all day, all <laughs> <Right>. week. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you just put it in. <laughs> so the, um, what are these four so, yeah, ones that you yeah. have, and how is this fifth one different? Um, okay, so we started um, a little bit backward than most people would probably think, but it was really a marketing strategy. Uh, we came out with the most quote-unquote innovative product first, which was our rimming plug. So we talked about earlier about how the anal sphincter is really sensitive, and it has tons of nerve endings. Mm-hmm. Um And no products specifically stimulate or in the past have specifically stimulated this area. So the rimming plug, which is a big, stiff plug made really for enthusiasts, folks who are already in the category and know that they like butt stuff. Okay. um, That product was really unique because it had rotating beads in the neck of the product and then vibration in the tip. Plus it was remote. I was looking at it on the website and I was like, I don't know if my butthole is ready for that, but someday I hope so. (laughs) Goals. Yes. The, the reviewers were like, they're like, it's a carnival for your butt. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> that sounds enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, I got, you know, if that's your thing. Um, and then we, the the product that we're getting ready to come out with is a petite version of that. So rimming plug petite. Yay! So that is, yes, I know. You heard my everywhere. call. <laughs> <laughs> so that one is about 40% of the size of the original and much easier to wear. Um, you don't have to sort of train up to it. Something mm-hmm. you could play with a couple fingers and then insert that plug. Have you um, always been into butt stuff? Like, when did you realize honest, that, like, you— Maybe you're not even necessarily. I just made the assumption. But— um, uh, Well, it's funny, because I gave a, a talk recently, and I said, contrary to popular belief, you know, I didn't create this product line out of my own, like, desire, affinity for these products. But it—I I mean, from a young age, I mean, I would say in my, in my high school experience was mm-hmm. the first time that, like, my partner and I ever was really it positive? thought about that. Yeah, it was actually positive. It was positive. It was like, but I didn't, but it, it was positive in a way that like we were, it was consensual and um, like it felt good, but it wasn't positive in the fact that I really had no idea what I was doing, hmm. what was right, what yeah. was wrong. Yeah. So it was kind of like we winged it and it worked. Um, so so awesome. that was good. Yeah, but I definitely, as I've gotten older, learned a lot more and and have found myself oftentimes really like learning every, you know, I still keep learning, you know, every time we make a new article, I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. Or I learned that's the new thing that I learned. So it's, it's super interesting. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the, the two toys. Um, what are, what are the other ones that are out? Uh, we have uh, vibrating remote control anal beads, which I like if you're into sort of in and out motion, right? But plugs are meant to go in and stay in. Uh, whereas anal beads are specifically meant to massage the anal sphincter. So we have AAA anal beads. Those are really great. Um, also because they're all affixed, 
on one um, sort of solid cylinder where most beads are on a cord or a string. Mm -hmm. uh, stars are easy to pull in and out. So, and then the other two products I talked a little bit earlier, the novice plug, which is a small, about the size of a finger, easy to insert mm -hmm. uh, remote full plug. And then the trio plug, which I think, Simone, did, was that the one you bought? Nicoletta oh, has one. Yeah, I, it's a purple one. Yeah, so that has three motors. That actually has a motor, a vibrating motor, right in the anal sphincter, one in the middle of the plug, and then one in the tip. So that Whoa. one's really about... Have you used this, Nicoletta? Yeah? <laughs> it has been used she in my home. She raised her eyebrows and gave a giddy <laughs> smile. Yeah, so the fourth mode on that one is like in, insane. It's like all three motors, and then you can turn it up, and it feels like pulsing inside the body. Oh it's my pretty God. amazing. Nicoletta, can you lend yeah. me yours? <laughs> well, if we clean it. Well, that's another thing, cleaning stuff. So um, what are your products made with? So our, our rechargeable products, well, all of our products are made with uh, certified body-safe silicone. <gasps> what does um, that mean, Nicoletta? What kind of lube should you use with it? Well, most people say that with most silicone toys, you shouldn't use silicone, silicone lube. lube. Um, but I think it was, a, a, are you friends with our colleagues, Alicia, with Charlie Glickman? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I did a video with him on my Staying on Top series about anal sex. And so there's a way that you can test it if you, you know, turn it upside down and you can put a small drop on um, the part that wouldn't be inserted of the lube to test and see if it works on that product because not all silicone toys are fully silicone and, you know, you're, you're not exactly sure what you're getting sometimes. But I just feel like you should avoid using silicone lube if it's a silicone toy. That's a safer bet. Don't, safer Alicia, bet. would you agree? I think for sort of the average consumer of products, that's a pretty safe bet is to just recommend, we say like a thick, like water-based lubricant called maybe like a gel formulation. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. It's typically what we recommend because the gels are thicker yeah. and, Water or something like, so yeah, or like something like Slickwood Sassy is a really great one. A lot of the, um, the sex bloggers like that one, especially for silicone products, because it has a little bit more of a thicker consistency. Feels a bit like silicone, but it's water-based. Oh, do you find uh, that that's a tough compromise to make? Because I know a lot of people who prefer silicone or different bases other than water-type lubed to put in their anus, just because of the longer-lasting and maybe the satiny finish of it. Um, but that being said, I feel like a lot of the higher-quality anal products, such as yours, are silicone. Yeah, I know that is a bit of a challenge. There are, so it kind of reverts back to your earlier question. There are really well-made high-grade silicone lubricants. I would say like Pure is one of those um, that oftentimes will be, will, be, will be compatible with a silicone product. There's two ingredients. I cannot remember their names. They're like really, really long ingredient names, but I can track them down and send them to you if you're interested. That sure. are typically found in silicone lubricant and that's what causes and they cause the breakdown of a silicone oh, toy oh interesting so if you if you're a sex geek and you want to search out silicone lubricants that do not have these two ingredients mm -hmm. then and then product test it like you talked about then you don't have to compromise mm -hmm. right read your um, labels listeners yes read your labels um but the truth is i think it's probably i think most folks if you get a good gel lubricant you put it inside the butt and on your product so you don't get like a squeegee effect and you like scrape off all your lubricant when you put your product in. That's smart. <laughs> <laughs> put some lube in the butthole before the product. You know, these are all, put these them are... in your butt before. No, yeah. Alicia, this is very good advice. I don't know if that would have occurred to me. Yeah, we don't like that squeegee effect. Um, so this, it's, I think that way you kind of, you you get a lot of 
silicone or you got you get a lot of lube in the bum before you put the product in. Sometimes mm. that helps. Mm. And there are like um, shooters you can buy that squirt lube into orifices. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I was also looking, I was poking around your website, obviously, and then I saw that you also have a line of glass toys, which personally terrify me. Um, could <laughs> really? You, why? Because uh, one time I was with a person who was like, oh yeah, I had this glass toy that I was excited to use, and then I opened my bag and it was broken. And I was like, What? You are never putting anything glass in my butt anywhere. <laughs> if it can just break, you don't even realize it. What the fuck? So I'm like terrified um, of glass. Well, that's fair. Um, <laughs> sounds like you have a good reason to be. Um, I think uh, it really, unfortunately, you know, our industry is heavily unregulated. So it's almost like one of those things where you have to go and find a good product mm. and make sure that it's not going to break and kind of do your research. Which is so hard for uh, a lot of people who maybe aren't as comfortable yeah. because they maybe go in the store and they might just grab like the first thing if they're uncomfortable and don't want to ask the questions or, or having some shame about it, which is so unfortunate because there are shitty toys out there. Yeah, you know, there's, listen, um, one thing is, you know, you have this ability to really uh, take advantage of how much information is available online. You can read product reviews. Um, mm-hmm. You can go to really reputable uh, retail stores, you know, that you know are like really good stores and like buy the products that they recommend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you never have to talk to anybody. And it, and and even so, like I would say my one, my kind of like one thing is, you know, people in sex stores, they talk about sex all day long and they're really open to really, I think most places trying to help and educate and get, mm-hmm. get you the right products. So don't be afraid. Like, I think that's my... We hear it all the time. Like I always say, it's not me that's uncomfortable. It's everybody else huh, to right. talk about. Absolutely. That's a good point. Oh, so is there a, like what would you recommend for a novice? Obviously, the novice plug, but in versus like silicone. If you're if you're like sorry, if you are wanting to start exploring your butt either alone or with a partner, although you recommended on your own first, what should you start with? Like a small silicone thing? Can you start with like a small metal thing? Should you use like the the anal beads? Like what do you think is like the best way to I mean, segue into your I liked experience. what Alicia said about starting with your mind. Um, I don't know if you agree with that in terms of starting, but I think, you know, it's important to to start and feel maybe emotionally and physically ready. And even just like practicing, like breathing together, together and relaxing with your partner, mm. I feel like in my mind would be the first step. I think that's, you're totally right. I think that's, that's really important, right? Educate, read both partners. If you're playing with someone, um, and then I really like fingers. I think fingers are a really great place to start. Um, listen, they're free. They don't cost anything. If you don't like it, you didn't lose anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just clean up your fingernails, you know, or use a finger cot, right? You can buy them at a CVS. Yeah, or, or just you know, those, like, gloves. little condoms for your fingers. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, you can start with that if that makes you feel safer or better. Um, and, and it's easy I, cleanup, easier cleanup, easy, cl- yeah, easy cleanup. Um, you can use like, I actually like to recommend this is like an at home, like, Hey, you want to test it out like coconut oil and your finger. Um, it's really okay. simple. Um, right. Easy to start. You don't have to, there's like not any like heavy investment. And so that's, a, like, uh, that's my favorite place. If you want to move on, you've tried a finger, you liked it too, felt good. You're ready to try a product. Then I would say you definitely want to start with something that is where you ended with at your, if you started with two fingers, if you're good with two fingers, then buy something that's slightly larger than that circumference Mm. or that length. Mm -hmm. And how much time should you wait? Because you mentioned this anal training, like how much time should, if you're working on like training your anus, I don't know exactly what for, but 
How often should you well, keep it up? Or how often should you take a break? Um, it's really dependent on what your goal is. So if you're, the only reason you really need to train is if you want something bigger in your body Great and you don't point. want it to hurt. Right. So mm. you don't like, we always say like, there is no end goal. It's why our products say small, medium, large XL. There's no beginner, intermediate, advanced. There's no goal, right? You're, there's no, there's no yeah. ending or beginning. You can choose wherever you want. If you just like to put in a little butt plug while you're receiving cunnilingus and that feels really good for you and it just adds sensation and you're never going to have anal penetration, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what, Hey, what are you using it for? But if your goal is penetration and then you do need to, you know, say train your, the process is really up to you. If you put, um, a small butt plug in on Monday and you feel good and comfortable and on Wednesday you're ready to go to a medium size, God bless. But if you don't feel that way on Wednesday, <laughs> Wait till Friday or wait yeah. till the following month. I like it's, that you, you said God bless. God bless. Yeah. God is blessing your, your tiny sodomy. little anus. <laughs> yeah. If, if it's not yeah. ready, God will say, let there not be more. <laughs> and if, <laughs> and if, I think if you're with a partner who's rushing you through it, I think it's important to ask yourself, is that a partner you feel comfortable doing this with? And on the flip side, not only if your partner is rushing you, but if you are not comfortable with being like to, to your partner, I need you to work very slowly on my butt and it's going to be very slow and you're going to like massage my whole body first and then just go ever yeah. so slowly and pay attention to all of my reactions. That's all like you shouldn't be with that person also if you don't if you don't feel comfortable making those requests. Well, I feel and I would love to hear in, in your experience Alicia of um I feel like anal play can really bring partners closer together just mm-hmm. because of maybe the trust and relaxation and graduated work that might be required to get to anal pleasure. I feel like it can be a really good, you know, bonding and closeness experience and communication. Yeah, I think you've actually hit on a really big part of it. Um, which is like the intimacy that's built through this process with a partner. For sure. And mm-hmm. what you hear often, or what like I've ever done, sometimes we'll do, you know, Q&A months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do like promotional months. And a lot of men in a heterosexual um, couples dynamic will write in and say, this is something that I did in the past and it felt really special because it was just something that we had done together. We'd never done it with anybody else. Or it's something we don't do all the time, but when we went, when we do, it's it, you know it's this really amazing experience. So it has this thing of being it's it isn't your everyday go to for most people. So it does mm-hmm. have this you know kind of like special like I don't know it's not to like liken it to the like you know Father's Day blowjob, but it sort of has. I'm that. sorry, what is the Father's Day blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> it's where you give you your it's where you give things. your dad a blowjob, Simone. You know, I've yeah. never done that. <laughs> You guys must must be much younger than I am. If it's um no, like you know, if you're with someone and it's Father's Day, your partner, and you have children with them, it's like the traditional gift is to give them. Oh really? I thought it was porcelain or steak and blowjob day. Steak and blowjob day. That I know. It's not for your dad. I know. I'm just. I'm totally kidding. Unless I guess that's your thing. Um, (laughs) Nicoletta's dad's kind of (laughs) cute. Awkward. Um, Maybe we got that. to peck. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, why, what do you think, like, where does this stigma come from? Because obviously there is still this stigma about anal sex, and I feel like it's often the, like, birthday treat or the Father's mm. Day blowjob, you know, whatever you're saying, the, like, special occasion sex. Um, and, I mean, obviously I think we can maybe trace it back to religious things yeah. of, like, sodomy, whatever being um, not okay in the Bible, but what do you see as a, maybe some stigmas you've seen in some of your education and outreach stuff? 
I think they're pretty, they're primarily based in the fact that most people relate it to gay, to gay men. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's something that gay men do. Um, and, and also there's, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with HIV scare. A lot of that kind of being, you know, gay men, you know, anal sex, HIV, so all of this sort of being wrapped up, wrapped up in a stigma. Mm-hmm. And then also the pain factor, right. You know, mm-hmm. like with it and the poop and the, so all these things that kind of go with it. So basically everything you hear about it is negative. Yeah. And so I think that's why it has, you don't, nobody talks about it. You don't hear a lot of women coming out and being like, this yeah. feels really good. You should really try it. Yeah. And, and I know heterosexual men coming and talking about it with oh, each they other. Like it. Yeah. Not necessarily. Exactly. Yeah, being even receiving, right? right? Is what you mean? Yeah. Receiving. Yeah. That's so yeah. interesting. So there's all of that, you know, and, it, and all, we ta- we've been talking about the subject has come up so, so often, especially like heterosexual men receiving um, anal penetration of any kind, whether it be a finger, a, a butt plug, a dildo, pegging. what have you. Yeah, pegging. And like having this whole, having it be this whole questionable masculinity now because, you know, heterosexual man receives something when typically he's the giver. And so there's all these like weird things that get wrapped up, wrapped into it. Religion, law, sodomy. It was doesn't actually law. say though, it, it was against the law in the States, but it doesn't yeah. actually say in the Bible that you can't have sodomy. But the I, I was looking this up before, and the this no sodomy thing in the Bible is uh, in the town of Sodom, which was then like destroyed. Um, these two angels came down to earth and in the form of men, and the town was planning on gang raping them, and that's why it was what? yeah, and so that's why it's presumed it was about butt? anal sex. I mean, if presumably they I mean they were male. I need to reread this yeah. excerpt from the Bible. <laughs> Here I have it. Oh my god! In in Genesis. <laughs> In, in the account of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19, a large group of men sought to gang rape two angels who had taken— Who rapes an angel? I mean, who rapes anybody, but— Sorry. <laughs> but an angel. <laughs> uh, two angels who had taken the form of men. The reasonable presumption is that the men of Sodom wanted to have forcible anal sex with the angels. Huh. Well, I what? guess it, it is all about interpretation. You know, there's so many ways to interpret those stories. But personally, when I hear a heterosexual or, you know, I mean, anyone say that they're— into anal sex, especially heterosexual men, I see them as more quote unquote manly or like even more of a turn on. And I'm like, that's so wonderful that you want to do this because it, the bottom line is it just feels good. Exactly. Doesn't yeah. mean you're gay. Right. And how awesome is that to just be able to accept that and still feel masculine? Yeah. Absolutely. Like why should, why should straight men be deprived of this awesome pleasure? Because of toxic masculinity. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I thought of when you were talking about building trust and like who and how you think you can have this with and how it really brings two partners closer together, like poop does come out of your butthole and there is like a strong, like, I mean, correct me if I'm Shit wrong. Shit happens. A, a strong likelihood that there might be, you know, even, even if it's just like a little bit of fecal matter uh, after, you know, you withdraw. And I feel like you should only be, like you should only be having butt sex with someone or doing butt stuff with someone that you're, Oh, that if they had a little piece of your poop on their finger, you would be kind of okay with it. <laughs> yes, I'm going to second that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to be like, you know, I'm like thinking back, like personally, like through the archives of funny, of my own funny memories. Oh yeah, but I'm thinking yeah, of those you too. Definitely have to, <laughs> you have to roll with it and you have to be like, okay, this is like part of what happens when you like put stuff in a place that, that things normally come out of. Exactly. You know? part well, of it. All the more reason, and like you said, preparation can lead to more enjoyable pleasure. So keeping a towel next to the bed so you can just have a towel down. 
your gloves or your condoms or whatever you want to put over and wet ones. Wet ones? Yeah. Oh, like wet wipes. Yeah, like wet wipes. Got it. Yeah, you, it's a whole toolbox. I feel like yeah, I've learned can, so much. You can do an internal cleanse also. If you're really, if you, you mean don't like an want any, if you don't want any duty anywhere, um, you know, doing an enema just with warm water uh, about an hour before your your anal play adventure, um, that will actually clean out. You can, you know, you if you want instructions, I can send them to you. It's not super long, but basically you're just taking warm water and, and shooting inside the anal canal and then, you know, letting that right away run into the toilet and then mm-hmm. doing that a couple of times until the water runs clear. And once the water is clear, there's really nothing in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're kind of, you're kind of good to go. You'll have a pretty like, you know, poop free experience. Mm. And how does that affect your like bowel movements and things after the fact? Like, does it feel cleansed out or are there any yeah. negative side effects? Well, you're, you're kind of like pushing everything out that's in there because the anal canal is a bit like, it's just a storage, it's a storage facility. It doesn't, you know, just when you're, when you're, you've, you've done, you've taken all, you need all the nutrients, you've digested, you know, basically your food It's you know, processed out into the anal canal. It's held there until it's full and then you're stimulated and you go to the bathroom. It's the mm-hmm. garbage truck so, on the way to the landfill. <laughs> Amen. And so all you're doing is basically pushing warm water out there and kind of forcing out what's in there. Um, you don't want to do that on a regular basis and you don't want to do anything. This is my warning. I know people are going to do what they're going to do, but don't put vinegar, coffee or anything like that. Just warm water, simple, clean, warm water and just do it until it's clear. And then you've, you know, do it about an hour beforehand because sometimes the water does get stuck in the folds and you may have like a little extra come out, you know, 10 minutes later. And you're like, yeah, diarrhea, but it's just water. I have heard the coffee enema thing. Why does one do that? It gets you like caffeinated. It, there was a there was a I saw I, the mucus I saw a show on TLC in college about this couple that was fu- or maybe it was just a woman who was fucking addicted to coffee enemas. Whoa, she would do it like great. five times a day in her bathroom. Whoa! I guess it's sort of like the vodka tampon craze because the so this is I mean from what I know Alicia tell me if you have a correction or addition to this but um, the reason why safer sex with anal things is important is because the the mucus membrane or the layers of of skin. Um, are thinner, so they're more susceptible to easier tearing mm, and things yeah. like that. So they can better absorb things like coffee or alcohol, or yeah. you know, because the exactly. skin is thinner. Is that right? Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Um, I, we don't have a ton of time left, so I just want to talk to you about something that we like to talk with all of our guests about, which is: so you work in a sex adjacent. Sp- I mean, not sex like in a sex space, right? You design and market and talk about sex toys. Do you ever feel like you're judged for that by people who are not in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially because it's a it's a butt stuff company. Mm. So that's <laughs> that's in and of itself has its own. So even within the industry, you know, even people that have been doing it for a long time, um, you know, maybe there's a bit of even a hierarchy there. Like if you're selling vaginal products versus butt stuff. Really, um, I've also noticed that most of the folks in the pleasure industry are male. A lot of them are. It's definitely changing. There's a lot more women, especially in sales and training, and now even found companies that are founded by women. Mm-hmm. But it it's have like for a long time it was very very heavily male. So yeah. what is some of the maybe negative stigma or feedback that you've experienced? Kind of the same stuff that you're talking about in general. You know, uh, there's definitely slut shaming, mm-hmm. um, specifically around you know. Because it is, you know, like, oh, anal sex, like, you know, this kind of like dirty, slutty connotation. Um, there's that, I think, you know, for folks that aren't in the industry, 
Um, just in general, even talking about what I do, you know, a lot of, for example, even my own family, they recognize that I've been successful as a business person, but they don't really want to know the dynamics of what I do or what the products are. Interesting. Wow. Like when you sit next to somebody on a plane and they ask, what do you do? What do you say? I make small electronics. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes large. (laughs) Sometimes XL. And some some are just for novices. large. That's, That's like, awesome. Like a two-answer, yeah. Well, people always, I mean, if it's a long flight, I, as a, I don't know, if, you know, you do coaching and education stuff, it sounds like, but I was always taught as a, you know, like counselor or therapy professional, never tell anyone what you do on a long flight because then it's going to be like right. 10 hours of free therapy for them. So like just make up something boring like, oh, I, you know, I wash floors. Yeah. Yeah, because you always get, you know, I've, I've, I've done it in the past. So this is like through a, through a, very long series of, you know, experimentation of being really open and honest and then also being sort of a little bit more careful about what I share. Um, and I find that, you know, if you meet somebody that you really like and through the conversation, you know, you, you get to a point where you trust them enough that they're not going to sort of impose their therapy needs on you. Yeah. (laughs) and they really genuinely are interested in what you do and what that the business is like, then, then I'll share. I'm like I said earlier, I'm not embarrassed about what I do, but other people are, it's their insecurity with their own sexuality or with their experience or their judgments. And I'm aware of that. So Mm -hmm. if I can meet somebody who's willing to accept that we're different in that way, or also, or maybe they don't care about that, then I'm, I'm open to sharing it, but you know, it's really depends on the person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said you're, an, I mean, you are an incredible business person. And so I'm just curious, and, and you're able to see like what's missing in the market. I'm curious, what do you wish existed that doesn't yet? For any category? Yeah, for any category. And then maybe mm-hmm. for yours specifically. Oh my gosh. Um, does it have to be a product or just like in no, general? In general, I mean, like what do I you think is a, I mean, you don't have to share your business ideas, but I'm just curious <laughs> like what you think as someone who analyzes the pleasure, what was it? The pleasure pleasure market? industry. The pleasure industry, um, a pro- pleasure product industry. What do you think is lacking? I think people. It's starting to change. It's also hard to tell when I say this. It's starting to change, meaning like I've noticed a change, but I don't know how that re- is reflective of the larger population. But it seems like what I what I want to see is people accepting pleasure as a birthright. Mm. And that would, that for me would be like, if people just accepted that, you know what pleasure is, it's okay. It's great to feel good. Like a biological response. Yeah. Like, let's just see these parts of our bodies as, you know, erogenous zones that can be stimulated and may indeed produce orgasm or just feel really good. Mm -hmm. Um, rather than having all of these, like, oh my God, I've never, you know, like just this really negative way of thinking about sex in their body. Yeah. I think that that's what I wish. I know that's like a big wish, but, and also would enable a lot more sales, I think, for, <laughs> for pleasure products. If people are just like, hey, yeah, I want to, I want my butt to feel good. What, what do you guys have? You know, it'd be a much different way than kind of the, the way people shop a lot for products now. I would like to see, I mean, and we have to finish up, unfortunately, after this, but I would love to see, I mean, there are lots of bloggers out there who review sex toys and different companies and different products, um, but to have, you know, one concrete, reliable thing that is accessible to the general public, because as you said, sometimes you never know, like, what's in a product, what it's made with, um, the quality of the products and and maybe an educational component. And so it's really tough for folks sometimes getting into it to find the right resources because there's mm-hmm. so many yeah. things out there. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. I wish there was some way. It's one of those tricky things. Like, do we want the government involved in regulation of our products? Yes, no. Mm. There's goods and bad. Limitations, but Um, maybe more safety regulations. Yeah. Some form of like a base level would be good, I think. Of quality? Yeah. Yeah. Of quality. Yeah. Some form of like responsible manufacturing. Sort of these are the things that have to be accomplished. And like a social justice component as well. Yeah, so it's not harming the body, right? Phthalates are dangerous. I mean, they've been they've been banned. What's in, dangerous? Um, you know, uh, phthalates. Phthalates, yeah, well, and they've know, been oh, banned. Ph- oh, like in the yeah. Uh, can yeah, you so explain the, what that is for folks who don't know? Yeah, so that's a chemical that's used to soften plastics, um, and I want to say it's been at least eight years, to my knowledge, that we've been talking about it in the in the sex toy industry. Um, but those those chemicals have been banned in children's toys and baby bottles because they're they're known to cause cancer um, and can still be found in lower grade um, sex toy materials. Oh, that's yeah. terrible! Yeah. Again, read so your just, labels, listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stay away from jelly. Um, you know, jelly is like the big one. Stay away from that. That's kind What's of the jelly? worst thing. Jelly is a material. If it's you ever material. go in a store, yeah, and it says like jelly this or jelly that. Don't do it's it. It's really. Yes, sticky. Jelly is for sandwiches, not for buttholes. Yeah, (laughs) buy silicone, silicone glass, or or, uh, stainless steel. Those are all good body safe materials. Well, Alicia, you've been so incredibly helpful, and I know our listeners are going to want to find out more about you. So, how can they find you on the internet? Um, You can go to bvibe.com, B as in boy, vibe.com. Um, and you can read all about us. You can see the expert advice section. I mean, I think there's 25 to 30 articles in there. Really everything that you need to know about butt stuff. Amazing. Um, yeah. And can you buy, is that where most people buy it from? Or are they available in um, mainstream stores as well? Yeah, so we're everywhere. We're, um, we're all over the world. We're in all the good boutiques, um, all the big uh, adult retailers. And you can also buy online if you prefer at bvibe.com. Amazing. Amazing. Well, it was such a pleasure. For those of you out there yes, listening. it was a pleasure. A pleasure. It was an anal pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> so for those of you out there listening, thank you for joining us this week on Sluts and Scholars. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. And if you'd like to follow us, you can find us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars and on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. And again, feel free to send your questions, rants, and other things to slutsandscholars at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.